I am Emily Lyons. In 2011, without a high school degree and with no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. Since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be utterly lifted and shifted by these people too. All inspiring people are inspired people, so get ready to be inspired. Today, I am chatting with Tamana Roshan. Tamana is also known as Dress Your Face on Instagram with over 2.5 million followers. Now, she is an LA-based makeup artist turned business mogul. She used her unique teaching talents and ethnically diverse artistry to create a full-fledged beauty business, making her a founder and CEO at 29 years old and a self-made millionaire by age 30. Today, she is one of the most sought-after international beauty educators in the world, selling out massive hands-on masterclass shows across the globe and teaching weekly classes on her very own platform, DressYourFaceLive.com, which is the first and number one most subscribed to live online beauty tutorial in the world. Now, she is sharing her story with me, the importance of building a loyal and strong following, and just how you can do that. She is talking how to start small and grow from there. So if you are ready to get inspired and learn, I have got an episode for you. Hi, Tamana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad that we get to chat today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So now you've been in the beauty space for many years now, right? And originally as a makeup artist, and then you evolved to entrepreneurship. So yes. How did this evolution take place? I feel like it was so organic, honestly. Like I've always actually been into the sciences, but my whole family has a very like artistic background and they started off as wedding videographers. And so I was kind of thrown into that wedding space. And because I was so good with art, I started off as a makeup artist, but that evolution happened so seamlessly because of the beauty of social media. And Mm -hmm. like you said, like I've been in the industry for so long, I definitely consider myself an OG and started at the dawn of social media. And it just, it, you know, it takes everyone to places that they could have never imagined. And that's exactly what happened to me. I just kind of like hopped on, shared my work and opportunities just started flowing in. Hmm. When did you start as a makeup artist? Actually, I went to a beauty school in like 2002. Oh, wow. As I graduated high school. And I thought beauty school was going to teach me more makeup artistry, but it didn't. It was more about hair, which I ended up falling in love with. So I did it. I pursued it. I still went to college and all that stuff too, but I was really disappointed in the lack of education when it came to the aesthetics of the face. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a different school for makeup artistry, which also was just I don't know. I felt like it was so lacking. My background is very rich in culture. My mom is Indian. My dad's from Afghanistan. We have all that like, you know, Middle Eastern influence and Indian influence with our makeup. And I just didn't see it here. I'm, you know, from LA. I was based in the Bay Area at the time. And I just wasn't finding courses that spoke to me. So then I just decided to be an educator myself and kind of teach everything I learned along the way. So at what point did you decide that you were going to start a school? 
I think kind of at that point was where I really at least just wanted to start so way as back a private educator. When at the beginning? Way in the beginning. Um, wow. Because of all, you know, the stuff that I just wasn't learning, I had to kind of teach myself along the way by throwing myself into the bridal world and kind of just learning as I was doing it. And it took a really, really long time to figure out what products would work for our people and what kind of looks would be really nice and figuring out shortcuts so that I wasn't spending two, three hours on one person. And when YouTube started becoming really popular, I did some YouTube videos, which I wasn't really expecting a whole lot out of, Mm -hmm. but it made people kind of demand more from me. And I loved it because they started realizing that I was really clear with my speaking and my teachings and they liked my style of teaching, not just my artistry, but the way that I would be able to translate it through the screen and let people become better artists themselves. And that's when I realized what my calling was truly. It's not just to be a makeup artist, but it is to spread the knowledge and to grow the community. And so I realized you know, years later that YouTube was just not exactly what I wanted. I wanted something more. I wanted something that would actually elevate the community on a much more formal level, I guess, like formal learning, a higher version of education, something much more in-depth instead of those you know, five to 10 minute videos. I really wanted a true start to finish long-term thing. And so I created my own platform. You know, sometimes when there's not a road in front of you, you just have to make it yourself. And of course, like all the odds were against us, YouTube is free. And here I am trying to create a platform, which was membership based mm-hmm. subscription. <laughs> and people were like, are you crazy? Like, why <laughs> would you teach online tutorials where YouTube has millions of them and it's completely free? And I was like, because it's different. It's believe me is nothing the same. And once it started, it just became, oh my God, Emily, this became like such a huge blast into the beauty world. And people started kind of following suit trying it out themselves. I got a ton of subscribers like from the very, very first day of launch. Wow. And people started realizing very soon that, oh my gosh, this girl is, it's not like YouTube. And I'm not to say that, oh, mine's better. Everyone has their own style. Everyone has their own, you know, signatures. And YouTube caters to those who are not trying to sit there for two hours to learn one look. You know, it's a quicker kind of a thing, usually the same person over and over again. You find someone that looks like you, you follow them and you learn tips. For me, it was not just, you know, sharing tips of people that look like me. It was bringing in models of every skin tone, every ethnicity, every face shape, eye shape, skin concern, and showing them how to, you know, create on different canvases. And that's really what set me apart. The fact that each class was like over an hour long, sometimes two hours, sometimes even longer, very in-depth. And that's what did it for me. So what do you think is the big differentiators between yours and YouTube that somebody would really compel them to want to pay for it? Right. I mean, it is that in-depth knowledge. It is knowing that it's someone that has been in the field for so long, giving you the education Mm -hmm. that took them like 10 to 20 years to figure out on their own. And here I am sharing it jam packed in like a one and a half to two hour session per class. And it's honestly, it's priced really low. I wanted to make sure that people were able to get on and not feel like they're really stretching their wallets for this. It's $19 a month. That's wow. the price of, you know, a couple of trips to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And 
it's really changing the course of how you understand makeup and how you apply it, whether it's to yourself or to your clients. So half of my audience are, you know, professionals in the industry and half of them are learning simply to get better at their own makeup artistry. And it's done really well for both Mm -hmm. groups. Building this must have been a huge learning experience. Oh yeah. It still is. It's still evolving. Mm-hmm. It's been five years since we launched, mm-hmm. and we just celebrated our five-year anniversary mm-hmm. a few months ago. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how that cropped up. I really just was <laughs> thinking, and I'm like, oh my god, this is our five years. You know, we relaunched the site. We changed up the coloring, the look of it. We wanted it to be more inviting to our users, and we wanted it to be a little more user-friendly and more interactive. And with that relaunch, it's really just made me even more passionate about it, more excited about it. But it was a big, scary idea at first. Mm. Like I said, I was going against YouTube. And it's not like I thought I could get a piece of the YouTube pie because it's such a different Mm -hmm. experience altogether. My biggest challenge was to have people understand how different it is. And they don't get it until they're in it. But how do you get them to hit the subscribe button and pay for a service they don't even know is going to be that much different from YouTube or not. Mm -hmm. So I really relied on my most loyal supporters, my Instagram family, Mm -hmm. to trust me and to join me on this journey. And so many people did right away. And the fact that they were writing up such beautiful comments and, you know, feedback on each of the episodes on my page. And I try to integrate between my Dress Your Face Live account, which is like the online schooling website and my Instagram account. And so I'm constantly like talking to my members through my Instagram and having them tell me what they love about it, what they want more of. And other people start to see that. They see that engagement on my page, which is public. And Mm -hmm. they start to think, oh my gosh, is this something that I could benefit from? And you know, as word of mouth happened and as people were posting about it, they're posting on their stories too. One story started on Instagram. <laughs> they're posting little, you know, boomerangs of my teachings online and even showing their like notes that they were writing by their computers yes. or, you know, by their iPads. And I'm just like so impressed by the amount of, you know, attention that these people pay to my classes and and the love that they have for the passion they have for it. And sharing that and then reposting their stories on my page is really what helped me to gain more trust from people who hadn't quite been sold on it yet. Mm-hmm. And once they're in, they're in it for life. Like I very rarely will have a subscriber come for a short amount of time and then leave. Wow. It's very much addictive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've really put a lot of focus on the quality. So once oh totally hurt and then <laughs> so have you done a lot of paid advertising or affiliate marketing or it's mainly been not at all for wow. my online classes. Wow, yeah, my online classes. I've decided I am not going to sell out. Mm-hmm. I will make it as organic and as true as possible. But I mean, with that said the type of paid advertisements I do on Instagram is all only with companies that I truly love and trust. I would never, ever, and I think I speak for most of us when I say this, that I would never put up an ad for a company that I didn't truly believe in. Mm -hmm. And so they get that too. But I've made it a very, very strong point for my Dress Your Face Live students that I will not be advertising down their throats. There is not one ad on the page. If you go to the website, there are no ads. It is 100% 
content catered to what you want to learn. So when students are asking me questions about any brand, I don't have anything restricting me from talking about a specific brand or a specific product because there are no contracts. I say what I want, I use what I want, and everything is just very, very transparent to my students. You've built a phenomenal personal brand. You have (laughs) over 2.5 million followers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Thank you. How did you do that? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) What what do you think has been your biggest success in building that? I mean, things are so different now, but in the Mm -hmm. beginning, when I started off on Instagram, it was quite early. I thought I was really late joining on Instagram, but apparently it was still during that like first wave of artists that were kind of coming in. Mm-hmm. And I would really just showcase my work. I think my biggest thing was oversharing. So being consistent every day, several posts a day. Now I don't do it that much because the algorithms, like everything has changed. But at that time, it was really just pumping out content constantly. And it didn't even have to be like full on crazy content. A lot of it was just me sharing random tips. And because I was such an oversharer and I was such a teacher to begin with, people would have a reason to follow me because it would really help them. It wasn't just being pretty pictures and being like, oh, makeup of the day. It was more like, this is where I put the color in my crease because this, and I like this product because this, and they would literally have a really providing value. Exactly. Exactly. There was a tremendous value in the content that I put out because nothing was just a picture. So that's kind of what started the growth. And then of course, you know, big accounts shouting me out, big shout out accounts that shouted out like makeup artists and makeup work. And Mm -hmm. I was constantly creating, I was working so much and just creating more and more innovative looks, creating new trends and just trying to be really innovative with everything. And so a lot of those looks would end up being on the popular page, which was called the popular page back then. (laughs) (laughs) Am I dating myself too much? (laughs) And, you know, that would just, my God, when we would go on the popular page, it would grow us like 5,000 people a day. Wow. So it was insane how much I would grow just one day of posting. So, you know, my goal was really just to keep making it on that popular page and keep sharing what would get popular, kind of noticing the patterns and what I would post, what would sell more. You're very intentional. Yeah. that's. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I feel like you have to be, if you really want like that type of growth, mm-hmm. you have to know what your audience wants. You have to know what works. And so I was just really paying attention to what I was posting and what would work more. And of course, you know, posting whatever I wanted in between too, because I would do multiple posts in a day, but at least one post that day would be something that they would want to see. When I was known for a contour, I would show the map of the contour on my face. When I was known for the Arabian eye, it was always these exotic, colorful, long wings and glitter Mm -hmm. on the eyes and things like that. So basically, I just, you know, constantly listening to your audience and collaborating with people. I got noticed by Anastasia Beverly Hills right away. We collaborated on our first palette together back in 2014. I was one of the first... Wow. Influencers ever to receive a deal. It was me and two others that received a deal with Anastasia before people even collaborated with influencers. Mm -hmm. So that I feel took me to my 1 million mark. And of course, the launch of Dress Your Face Live around that same time. It all kind of happened at that time. I was Mm -hmm. turning 30 and like everything was just. I don't know. It was like a domino effect, but in a very, very positive way. Reborn in 85? 84. 
84. Okay. I'm 85. 84, so yeah. We're close. Oh, we're very close <laughs> to age. <laughs> Do you find now that it's a lot harder to gain followers? Oh my gosh, completely. Everything has changed so much. I feel like, you know, the amount of content that's being pushed out is so saturated online. Mm. And there's a lot of people kind of pushing out the same kind of thing. So it's really important to know still what makes you unique. And I'm constantly paying attention to that kind of stuff. Like you would think that once you're a veteran, you figured out like where your place is and you kind of stick with that. And I have noticed that as long as I stay true to my roots, I stay pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. But there are times where I really have to think outside of the box and try something totally new that I'm not maybe very comfortable with, Mm -hmm. but it will help me to get, you know, exposed to a new audience, maybe whether it's, you know, doing a whole new look using a product that I may have not used before, a brand that I may have not used before, and maybe doing some cross promoting that way, or even collaborating with another influencer that has, you know, kind of a different audience than you. And I feel like collaboration is truly the best way to, you know, grow into new audiences rather than feeling like everything's a competition. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, become really, really, you know, interested in learning about other influencers and seeing what they can offer their followers and then seeing where I can come in to help them. And in turn, they help me and we kind of grow together. And so a lot of this past year or two has really been bringing collaborators onto my online classes, onto my Instagram and creating really bomb looks together. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's really what's made. And it's not even like growing followers because I haven't really grown followers in a while. I feel like it's kind of steady at that 2.5 million. But what's making me feel more fulfilled in what I'm doing is working with all these different people and being inspired by them and learning things from them and kind of elevating my craft by collaboration. Have you found that other companies have tried to knock off your courses? I mean, people have tried, but it's <laughs> like I said, everybody has their own way of doing things, their own <laughs> signature, their own thing that they're known for. Mm-hmm. So there could be no other dress your face, just like I can't be another so-and-so, you know? So if someone wants to do online classes, like that's not going to chip into my business because what I offer is very different. What they're going to offer is very different. But, you know, to answer your questions, yes, some people have, you know, try the online class thing. We've actually partnered with a lot of influencers to give them their own online classes. And they've lasted, you know, a year or two years or whatever. And then they ventured onto YouTube or did their own thing. And it's really hard, you know, and I asked them, I said, why do you think that you kind of lost interest in it or decided to like not do it anymore? And they were like, because we ran out of content. Like, what do you teach over and over again? And I'm like, but you know, for me personally, I don't think I could ever run out of content because my students and I are so, we're very, very open with our communication And so anytime I feel stuck on what to teach the following month, what to add to the schedule, I literally will ask them, hey guys, what do you want to learn next time? And they'll tell me, hey, it's such a great way to market. And also like, we don't have to go in and do test groups. We have our test group on Instagram. Mm -hmm. They're there and they're willing to talk. And what woman doesn't want to express their opinion? Come on. (laughs) You ask them a question. 
you're going to get a ton of responses. And Mm -hmm. every time I've done, I love the question tool on Instagram stories. And every time I've done it, I've gotten so many amazing ideas from these people. And honestly, even if it's the same ideas that have been done on YouTube a million times, the way I'm going to do it is going to be a little bit different than the way others do it. And so there's always room to learn. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Everybody puts their own spin on it. And I mean, it may have been done before, but the way you're going to do it is is going to be the way that you would do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think, yeah, it's brilliant to ask your audience, ask your customers. You know, they're no Directly, yeah. Tell you a better way of what the market wants than the market themselves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's why the beauty of social media is just so amazing. Like you could literally talk to your audience in real time at the drop of a hat, get your answer within minutes. Did you ever think that your career would take this path? I mean, yes and no. I always wanted something big. You know, I always wanted to be an influencer per se. I wanted to be able to influence a large group of people and to help them and elevate them. Mm -hmm. I didn't think exactly this is the way it's going to be done. I never in a million years thought I would have my own platform and teach on such a huge level. I never thought I would have like sold out masterclasses and and be able to tour around the world with people like ready to purchase tickets at the drop of a hat and Mm -hmm. lighting up around the block to come meet me. It's been such a beautiful journey, very hard. There's been, of course, a lot of setbacks, but I don't know. I feel like if you want that success, a part of you kind of has to envision it very early. Yes. And to say that I never, ever thought that this would be my life would be partially false because I had to envision it in some caliber Mm -hmm. in order to have it, in order to manifest it. So, you know, I feel like it's important to really want it and to picture yourself in it while you're on that journey. Do you still do that? Manifest future dreams? Oh my gosh, yes. And I feel like that's so important because, I mean, here's the biggest difference between my husband and I, right? My husband is very content. He Mm. is happy where we are. I'm not to say that I'm not happy where I am. I'm I'm very happy where we are. But I have huge dreams. Mm -hmm. Every time one thing is achieved, I'm looking into the next thing. I'm looking into that next goal, that next chapter, um, the next project. And I'm the type of person that has to be busy and has to be the best at whatever it is that Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to get at. So I'm constantly thinking of my next move and manifesting it and trying to really envision it and plan it. I'm a major planner as well. So, you know, when there's something that I really want to achieve, you know, there's a lot of thinking into it. And I feel like in that sense, I do take my time in a lot of things. Certain things that I wanted years back are still in the works, Mm -hmm. but I definitely don't want to take any shortcuts and I don't want to rush something out just because I'm on a wave. I really want to be very thoughtful in what I'm doing. So yeah, there's constant manifesting, there's constant planning and thinking ahead. And like I said, with a husband that's, you know, pretty content with what's going on now. I'm like, you know, we're, we're trying to balance each other out, but that's a dynamic. And I feel like that works too, to have a little bit of the other side kind of chime. Yes. I think so. <laughs> it's a, it's a essential because uh, it is. when you have two entrepreneurs, then it's impossible. That dark. Oh my gosh. Imagine, <laughs> imagine how crazy life would be. I mean, he grounds me and he makes me take breaks. So I'm like, oh my God, imagine I would be like literally flying all the time if I was you know, with myself. Not with him. <laughs> Did you find that you had to slow down after having your daughter? 
you know what? I always thought I would have to. Mm-hmm. And in some ways I did. I was very mindful of what kind of projects I was taking on when I was a new mom. But what's really funny is I feel like a lot of entrepreneur women are like this. When you are entering into motherhood, all of a sudden you have like this rush of motivation that's making you want to do so many more things before the baby arrives. And then those things start to, you know, the acceleration starts to happen and it gets a little push and you can't really stop it once the baby comes. So like when I was pregnant, I started the DYF Academy, which is more of a personal hands-on training experience, which is very, very different from the online schooling. It's more intensive and more, you know, I'm holding your hand through it. Mm -hmm. And I started that when I didn't even really know I was pregnant. I had a feeling, but I didn't confirm it. And once I knew I was pregnant, I started booking students like several times a week, long, long classes. I was working more than I ever worked my whole life while I was pregnant. And then after I had my child, I did take a couple months off, like about eight weeks off just to like learn the ropes with her. Mm -hmm. But during that time, I was still working, quote unquote. So what I had done was with my online classes, during my pregnancy, I was pre-recording a ton of content to bust out while I was in my quote unquote maternity leave. So every single week on Instagram, I was pumping out incredible video content to sell my online classes, the new classes that were popping up while I was gone. Hmm, So I was still very much on Instagram every day, putting up stories, working towards my daughter's page because I created her page basically as a page for new moms to kind of get ideas or learn a little something or just to kind of follow Alia's little journey of life. Yeah. And kind of like a journal for me to go back and remember, oh my God, this is what she did at that time. And oh my God, this is how she looked. And now she's become an influencer. So being a mom kind of, you know, you want to say, yeah, I can slow you down in certain, you know, avenues, but it made me so much busier and work so much more because now I'm not just working for myself, but I'm working for my Mm -hmm. daughter. And the reason is so much bigger. Oh my God. It's so overwhelming and it wins everything. It trumps everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't think moms really have to slow down. And I sure didn't. I think the only thing that kind of I slowed down on was the amount of like morning brides I would do because mornings were really hard for my daughter to be separated from me. I breastfed her for almost two years. Wow. Was very, very, <laughs> thank you. That was very hard for her because she was attached. Mm-hmm. And so every time I would have like a huge photo shoot day or I was collaborating with a huge brand or whatever it was, I would take her to set with me so that I could breastfeed her every two hours or every three hours and continue to work. And so she wow. saw me in the workplace and the people would know, I would tell them right off the bat, Hey, you know, this is what it is. I need a room for my daughter to stay in so that I could have her take naps and I could breastfeed her and, and have my mommy duties taken care of while I'm on set. And everyone was so understanding. Like honestly, this day and age, if they're not understanding, they're living under a rock because Mm -hmm. motherhood is like in your face everywhere on social media. People should know what it takes now to be good at both. And a lot of companies are very, very good with that. That you balanced both. That's phenomenal. It worked. It definitely worked. So were you nervous putting her out there because of your following? (laughs) And you knew how many people would see her? 
I know, I know. And a lot of people ask me that. And I know that a lot of people are very, very private. I've never been a private person. I've always been a completely open book, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. And so because I have shared my entire life, even the most personal aspects of it with my followers since the very, very beginning, like since MySpace, I felt like it would be so selfish of me to hide my daughter from the world Mm -hmm. when she was born. And that was not ever my intention. I always thought that, you know what, these are my supporters. These are people who love me. These are people who want the best for me. They pray for me. They have prayed for me during such hard times where miracles have happened. It's beautiful. And like, I love my relationship with my followers and the trust and respect we have for each other. So when I was pregnant, obviously I didn't announce it right away. I waited three months, you know, the standard. And once that happened, the amount of love that poured in because people knew how long I was trying and people knew the circumstances under which I had her. And they were just so in love with her before even knowing that it was a girl, before even knowing anything about her. They just, you know, they attached themselves. And I was like, you know what? She's so lucky to have so many cyber aunties and uncles that just (sighs) are obsessed with her. And that's why I made her page too. I'm like, this is your, my way of letting you have a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And it's grown into that. You know, what's really funny. The other day we went to Americana, this um, shopping place close by. And every time I go there, I meet so many followers. Like just, it's amazing how many people like shop there. And the past few times I've been there, literally people have walked up to me and said, Hey, I'm actually a really huge fan of Alia's. Can I take a picture with her? Oh and my I'm gosh. Like, Who am I? <laughs> my top liver, I'm nothing now. <laughs> That's but yeah, adorable. Take pictures with her and she will do it. She loves, you know, when people love her. I mean, babies know when someone's genuine and when someone really, you know, is a good person. And there's times where she's like run away, but there's, you know, she, she has amazing fans and her, the people that follow her are just so sweet and so loving. And the amount of engagement she gets on her posts is almost the same as the engagement I get on mine. And I have 2.5 million. She only has 140,000. So that kind of speaks to her audience on such a higher level than mine. Yeah, I've seen her. I've gone through her Instagram. She's so adorable. But like some of <laughs> her, you. one of her posts I saw had like 3,000 comments, another one had like 600. And I was like, wow. <laughs> it's insane. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, you yourself, have you experienced negativity on Instagram? I mean, with there being so many people out there, you must get some yeah. bad apples. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that was a part of the journey too. I mean, it's still probably there. It's just that now there's so many ways to filter out negativity because of the comment tools on Instagram and ways that you can block and restrict accounts that Mm -hmm. I honestly don't see much of it at all. And it's really made me, you know, feel more loved, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But in the beginning, you know, before there were any filters and any ways to really get against bullying, I faced it every single day. There were times, and my audience knows this too, there were times where I broke down, I, you know, bad, bad things that happened in my career, like really catastrophic events, you know, things in my personal life have happened because of the stress of, you know, hate pages and videos about me of just spreading stupid rumors and portraying me as someone who I'm not. And, you know, obviously my true followers know me. They've known me from the beginning. They know that, you know, I'm still the same person and there's no 
truth to a lot of things that are out there, but, or were out there in the past, but, you know, a lot of people who were only looking at those stupid accounts that would just talk about influencers so badly, if they don't know me, they were obviously going to have that impression of me if they haven't met me and they're only meeting me through these hate pages. And so I allowed that to really get to me. I allowed it to hurt my health. I allowed it to hurt my first pregnancy. I allowed it to really affect my life in such a negative way that I had to go through very, very low times in order to learn that it's just not worth it for me to look at those pages. It's not worth it for me to actually physically stop what I'm doing to go search for negative things about me. I stopped doing that. I don't even research it. I don't look for it. I don't care for it. If someone wants to tell me something, I stop it right away by blocking, deleting. I don't even want to see it on my page. And especially with the comment moderating on Instagram, which is, I think, one of the best things Instagram has ever done. I don't even see it. There's trigger words and trigger phrases that really, really can get to me and hurt me. And I've blocked all those phrases out. So even if someone tried to comment it to me, I'll never see it because it will never post. Wow. Amazing. I didn't know you could do that. It's amazing. I've copy pasted all those terms on all my accounts. So they can't do it to Alia. They can't do it to me. They can't do it to any of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that just in your settings? Yeah. It's right in your settings. You go under privacy and then you go under comments and then you can type in words that trigger you that you don't want to see. Wow, that is brilliant. I didn't know. Yeah, it's it's the best thing ever. It changed my life. It literally, but it's not just that. It's the fact that you have to literally tell yourself that it is not worth it for you to go looking for those pages and looking for that stuff. Because I used to actually spend time out of my day to search Mm. hate pages and to search YouTube videos and to search all the things that... I just wanted to know what people were saying about me. I wanted to know who believed what. And honestly, that stuff doesn't even matter because that's what, like 0.0001% of the following that thinks that way. Mm -hmm. And it's not taking money out of my bank account. It's not taking food out of my daughter's mouth. So why is it affecting me so much? When there's so many people in the world, there's always going to be bad people and ones that don't Uh like you or no matter what you do. No. And I think the other part of it is to remember that it speaks more about them than it does about you. Mm-hmm. Every human is just projecting their own insecurities into the world. And mm-hmm. so when someone says, you're this and you're that, that's how they feel about themselves or maybe something bad has happened to them that has caused them so much jealousy and hurt and pain. And it took me to the point where I almost had to feel bad and have some empathy towards these people Mm -hmm. for me to finally let go and let it be. Mm -hmm. 100%. Do you think that you'll ever come out with a makeup line of your own? Oh, absolutely. That is something that I've actually been working on for four years. Wow. Yeah. But it's just, you know, I'm such a perfectionist and I just cannot see myself putting out something if it's not exactly the way I want it. Mm -hmm. And so every time I've come close, something has set me off and I'm just like, no, I'm just going to (laughs) wait. And then, you know, other things happen that kind of take time and I'll put, you know, my ideas in the backseat and I wait. And then, you know, the labs are hounding me like, hello, choose it, choose it, like figure it out, approve it. And I'm just like, no, don't rush me. I need to make sure that everything is just right. And Mm -hmm. honestly, when it does happen. 
I'll be so happy to bring it out. But right now it's still kind of in that developmental phase. So, you know, starting off with one product or one small collection and then building it over time is definitely what the plan is. But because I'm an educator and not just an influencer, because I have the type of history I have and the type of rapport I have with my audience, I can't just bring something out to bring it out. It has to be innovative. It has to be really user-friendly and really good on every single level because you know the scrutiny is going to be even higher than what people would expect from oh, yeah. the average influencer. So, you know, that's <laughs> that's what's taking so long. And I think, yeah, when the market's so saturated with everybody having a makeup line that Yes. Really having the differentiated factors is so key. And just, yeah, being a phenomenal product. I think too many brands just launch a product for the sake of launching one because there's the name exactly. there. You know, exactly. once anybody with a following or somewhat of a social status can launch a brand and people will buy it initially, but whether they'll keep buying it and it will grow to, you know, the, the longevity of it status. is in question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's pretty awesome because we are in this world where every brand or every individual influencer has such a loyal audience that they can put out anything and make money and, you know, make their dreams come true. And it's such a wonderful thing to know that you have followers that actually are that loyal, that will trust Mm -hmm. your opinion and support your name. But like you said, I need to make sure that like for mine, it's not just like, and I'm not that average influencer. I'm not even on YouTube anymore. I only have my Instagram and my dress your face live, you know, website. And I have a very, very different type of relationship with my audience that I cannot just put out one thing. I have to create something that's going to last and something that's really going to make a dent in the market. And you know, for years to come, something my daughter can, you know, help out with when she's older, something that her kids can Mm. continue on. And it's not an influencer or a brand. It has to be just a classic good brand. Because I know there was that influencer that released her lipsticks and there was all that drama over it. Oh my gosh, that was so sad. Shocked me the most. I know I felt awful. Because we all know how things can go wrong. And- I know. I just imagine, oh my God, what if that was me? I would literally oh. crawl in the hole and die. Like that's heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. And seeing just the hate she was getting online. Oh and God, yeah. So yeah. many messages of people just destroying her and her no. personality. It was like, okay, well, she didn't do this intentionally, I would think. Yeah, she would never. No, no, no. Her lab screwed her over, clearly. Yeah. You know, that really, really sucks. And yeah. it could have happened to anybody anybody who trusted the wrong lab, you know, and knowing that, and that's one of the things too, you have to be so careful, especially when bad news travels so fast. Mm-hmm. You have to be so careful with every single part of your operation and you need to triple check afterwards to make sure everything is perfect before it goes out. And, you know, everything is a learning experience for everybody watching. So not just for her, but for everyone else who's trying to make it in this world, now they know what they need to do to ensure that that doesn't happen to them. What I did like seeing though come out of that is that she was able to come back and re-release something and there was people that still came back and supported her, you know? Oh, like absolutely. Having those loyal people that were still there despite all the, the negativity. But doesn't that tell you that no matter how bad you think things get, no matter how in the hole you feel like you are, no matter how much hate and negativity is surrounding you, there's always those core group of people who will always overpower that and help you 
come back up to your potential mm. and support you. It's beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh yeah. yeah. The fact that you have that, you know, and that you yourself have built that is just worth more than, <laughs> than money and you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Two point five million relationship. people army. <laughs> <laughs> it's an army. Yes, it's an army. <laughs> so what's next from here? Well, like we talked about, I've been working on my brand and I'm really hoping that, you know, over the course of the next year that we can finally launch our first product. Mm -hmm. It's been, you know, like I said, four years years. that we've been kind of bouncing ideas off each other and, and trying out labs and seeing what can be possible. And my biggest challenge has been pushing the envelope and pushing these labs to create that, you know, certain formulas that they haven't created before. And so I feel like we're getting really close and we finally found something that could actually work. And so, you know, hopefully over the next year or so, we can kind of develop that even further and make it happen. So that's what is next. And in the meantime, I'm going to continue what I'm doing here. I'm going to continue my Dress Your Face Live online classes every single week. That's just been like a constant thing. And Do you have to be a makeup artist or have makeup experience? No, absolutely not. And that's one of the things about these classes is that I over explain every step where even a complete beginner, someone who's never even used, (laughs) you're going to love it. You know, people who are not makeup artists obviously like can learn so much, but even people who have never even picked up a makeup brush Mm -hmm. could learn a whole lot because of like the way I break it down. It's very, very simplified, but even the most advanced looks can be done because it's broken down into such easy steps. And we shoot it in super high depth. So you can see every little mistake I make and how I fix it. And that's the beauty of it too, because it's mm. live. So it's not oh, edited wow. like these YouTube tutorials. It's completely live. Mm-hmm. It's recorded live so that if you can't catch the actual live stream, you can watch it on your own time later and you get to see everything. So when I mess up, it's actually a really good thing because you get to see how I fix it and how I save yeah. the makeover. And you apply that into your own everyday makeup artistry and you just get better and better and faster and faster and more willing to try new things. And it's just a beautiful world. <laughs> how did you know how to create a video? Actually, my parents were videographers and photographers for weddings. So I already knew how to edit and do all that stuff. So when I first joined YouTube, I just did it myself with, you know, my dad's camera and editing Mm. software. I just did it in my room or in the bathroom. And then when I did my online classes, I actually team, I have a partner. And so he handles, you know, hiring the team and making sure everyone's like super trained and the best that they could be with what we need. And he helped me build the website and I do all the creatives. I am, you know, the person that directs the entire thing. So whatever I need, I speak with him. We sit down and we figure out how to make it happen. We hire the right team members to help us with this. We started off in my little apartment using a webcam because we didn't know that we could actually connect a professional camera to a streaming service. We wanted to do it ourselves and kind of just figure it out. And so my very first live stream was done on a webcam directly connected to the computer, which helped us live stream to our platform. And it was crappy lighting, crappy quality, but enough to really learn a lot too. Cause like you can still see everything, but there was nothing to compare it to because no one else was doing this. So 
when I did it, there were no complaints. Everyone was loving it. And as we started investing in better equipment, better lighting, finally moved into an actual studio in downtown. Now we have a penthouse in downtown. Like it's all about the growth and the journey. And it's okay to start off small like I did. It's okay to do it from your basement or from your garage or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever means you have, it's okay Mm -hmm. to start off that way and let it grow into something spectacular as you're able to invest more and more money into it as you Mm -hmm. earn money and you can invest more. So that's what we did. We started off with like a very minimal investment and now we have an entire crew and it's very easy for me. I pop into the studio, do my job, leave. They handle the streaming, they handle the, you know, customer service and everything like that. And I get to do what I love. Wow. That's yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> you are such an inspiration. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing some of your story with me and these tips. Thank you I'm so ex- much for having me. Excited to see where it all goes. I'm excited to join your yay. school. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. I'll see you online then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much.